La Liga is what we're talking about today, not La Liga. Or Barcelona and more specifically Barcelona and Real Madrid. Yep. Terrible season. Terrible. The mess that they are. I mean, really seasoned, let's be honest here. It's been a few years. What do you mean? Well, I mean, Barcelona and Real Madrid can both say they were the best team in the world. Uh, at some point in the last decade for multiple years. Right? They could really argue we were the best team in the world. And now, both teams are just not great. Like, they're still good, right? They're still going to get into the Champions League every year. They might win the Liga like Ramadier did last year. But they're not anywhere near as close as to how good they were beforehand. Mm. Right? I mean, they used to get 50, 100 points a season yeah, um, to win the league. And then the other team would get 95. And, oh, my God, it wasn't good enough. Now they're winning it with 85, 82, right? It's a big drop in quality. Um, and then you're seeing that happen too in Europe, right? Neither team has done well in Europe the past couple of seasons. Um, they're being outmatched. And then the way they play, they don't play that well either, right? You see them play and you're thinking, these are not the best teams in the world. And for two teams who, for whom money normally isn't a problem, that's concerning, right? These are teams that should always be the best. And they're not. I think this season's probably the worst for both of them, but it's not. But it's not the only thing, right? It's been a couple of years coming. Yeah, it's it's definitely been a couple of years coming. I think you're right in the sense that their level has dropped constantly. I mean, Barcelona, you could definitely say see that with how they've performed in the Champions League. When was it? 2018 in- was it against Roma? Then 2019 against. Liverpool. Liverpool, yeah, and then now 2020 against Bayern. I mean, it's it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, I mean, they have a lot of issues. Both teams stemming. They, they have, and the curious thing is they both they both have very different issues. Like we can't. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say like they both suffer from the same thing. But, <laughs> no, but not like, at all. All right. They, so they both suffer from very different things. So what what does uh, Barcelona suffer from? So, like, for me, their biggest thing is um, they, they weren't able – they're not – they haven't been able to adapt to what modern football is today. Um, Barcelona used to relish and, you know, very well exceed everyone else at possession and, you know, being able to score goals and keep the ball. But we've seen that modern football nowadays, um, that's not the case. Like, not – you know, you very rarely see a league where, like, the team with most possession – is like winning every single game, right? You see it with, you know, teams from like, specifically from like Jose Mourinho. You see teams from uh, Pochettino. You see teams, you know, that that they don't necessarily need the ball to win. And I think Barcelona kind of got stuck with Pep's ideals. Um, they weren't able to like completely move forward and, you know, readapt to modern football nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, not that's not, you know, let's not even talk about like, you know, their transfer fiascos. You know, not being able to correctly identify talent and then not trusting their own talent um, as well. What do you think, Pocho? Um, I disagree uh, on your main point. I don't think the problem is their tactics because you can still play good possession football if you're good enough. Your players know how to play it. Like, I'm telling you right now, you put the team from Barcelona 2009 to play again, they would win the La Liga easily, right? Like, even though, yeah, the, the game has changed, it might not be as good because teams might know how to play against them better, they would still do it. The team right now just lacks quality, and it, it's because of what you said. They've been absolutely terrible at transfers. 
they become incredibly good at buying very expensive players who aren't that good or who, when they come to Barcelona, become not good. I mean, Coutinho, I think probably the best example, right? He's their record ever signing, 150 million plus. Um, you know, his most impressive thing since he signed for Barcelona was scoring twice against them in the Champions League for Bayern. Right? <laughs> it was not a good, good deal. Griezmann, who, you know, he hasn't been terrible, right? It's not like he's not playing well and not scoring. But he cost $100 million. He's got to do better. He's got to actually, you know, take the team on his shoulders, actually contribute in a way he's that he hasn't been able to do. Now. Right. Most but he, he, he's not going to play in position in this Barcelona team when Messi's there. Like, right, he, he was the star, and he depended on Atletico being the star. Now he's in a team where he can't be, and he's not able to contribute enough. Right? It's not that, he, that it, the team is better without him on the inside, but... It was just not smart spending. And then this week, you, we find out that Messi's being paid, what was it? I think it was $555 million over four years, the biggest contract in sports history for a player who is arguably the best player in the world, sure, but completely unnecessary. I'm sure Messi would have accepted a deal that was not quite as crazy, and I didn't put Barcelona in so much debt. I think they're a billion dollars in, in debt right now. Um, and you're thinking half of that is what Messi's salary costs over the last four years. You add in bad transfers with really high salaries. It's bad planning from the, from the kind of administration of the club. Um, that has prevented yeah, them. Here, here's where get... I kind of disagree with you. So, like, the transfers are bad, yes. I agree with that. But all the, all the <laughs> no transfers, argument. yeah, all the transfers are, are top quality players, right? And there's a saying in soccer that no matter how, you know, if the player's good, he'll work, he'll be good anywhere, right? You know, you have players that, you know, if they're, if they're like generational talents or, you know, just even like really, really top players, like they'll adapt to whatever's going right. on. So I think it speaks volumes that those players drop off, especially when they get to Barcelona, right? Like they, mm -hmm. can't, they can't display their, their top qualities. There's no, the tactics don't work around them. As you say, Griezmann, you know, he's playing out of position. He, yeah, he was a star in Atletico de Madrid. But, you know, Atletico Madrid, they, they weren't necessarily a team that, you know, would play around the player. You know, Griezmann was the fruit of, like, the tactics. Yes, he would score the goals. But I wouldn't say that team uh, needed Griezmann uh, to, to win games. Oh, not at right? all. So, Atletico so, is the know, perfect well, team to just get yeah. rid of stars. So that's, yeah, they know that's, how to replace them. So, exactly. Uh, so that's why I yeah, would say, like, if, if the tactics, if the tactics are good, if 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 you have a team built around winning, you know, you'll see players fit right in. If you see good, good players that have succeeded anywhere else, will go into Barcelona, and then suddenly they suck. You know, I wouldn't say the player sucks. I would just say right. that the overall, you know, management and tactics are just absolutely terrible. It's, it's because they're, they're bringing players in. I mean, you guys could agree or disagree, but they're bringing huge players into this great club or used to be a great club. And, it's still a great club. It's still a great club. They're doing really bad compared to what they've done in the past years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But what I, what I mean is, is they're bringing these players in and they're expecting them to perform at their highest level in a – tactic like Steph says in a, in a tactical way or in a system where they don't really fit you know they I mean the the Barcelona way at this point in time is going around Messi and having him be kind of 
the center <laughs> well, of attention. But the the yeah, Barcelona right. way, you know, you had players that are essentially, you know, not going to be replaced, like, probably ever. You know, you had, like, Iniesta and Xavi, right? Two yeah. great midfielders that, you know, as much as they want to say Ricky Puig is the, is the next Iniesta, like, there's no way. <laughs> Right? No, no, I I agree. So, uh, I agree. What what I'm what I'm saying is they're bringing in players as big as they're hoping that they'll do as good, like Griezmann playing out of position, and having to adapt to be in that position because Messi is still in there, and the the game or the plays revolve is more around him. Yeah, if you notice their games around, a lot around Coleman, around Coleman is the only is the only coach where you actually see a distinguishable change in how Barcelona plays the game. Yes, right? I disagree. Before that, before, before that, that, they played very much more direct than they used to. No, they, they, they actually it was, the same, it was the same exact concept. Like, they would just try to keep possession, go down the wings, low cross, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, but, but, but all, that's all you want to do. more direct about it, right? He yeah, but, but the overall concept, the overall concept of keeping possession, you know, short passes, you know, putting Messi up top as a striker, Essentially, it was the same. Right, but to, do you want Barcelona to just go on the counter-attack? To, you know, be like well, Jose you know, Mourinho-type team where they yeah, hold back, get pressure, in, in and the then past run decade up? or so, you know, since, since Pep left uh, Barcelona, you know, what teams have dominated Europe? You know, counter-attacking, counter-pressing teams. You had, like, Real Madrid, who essentially had, you know, one of the best tridents during that. You know, they had Bale, they had Ronaldo, they had Benzema. Essentially, an attack that could, yeah, exactly. Back on was good, exactly. <laughs> you know, and and these were teams, and Liverpool too, and Bayern Munich. These were teams that were good at catching the other team in a bad position, stealing the ball, and attacking quickly. You know, they weren't teams that were looking to necessarily keep the ball. Sure, right? but I mean, let's not forget Barcelona won the Champions League five years ago, or I guess six years ago now, right? Yeah. Um, I mean. And back then they had the perfect mix, right? They were just coming out of that possession football style, so they still had that ability to keep the ball. But then they had the front three of Neymar, Messi, Suarez, who were a bit more direct in how they attacked, right? So that's why they did so well that year. And I think what they really have lacking is the quality, right? Neymar left, and whoever they've put on that other wing now is never going to be as good as Neymar was when combined with Messi and Suarez, right? Messi and Suarez remained as good as they were for the past few years. But nothing compared to what Neymar gave them. So you put Dembele there, he's okay. You put um, he was injured all the time. Yeah, but if your yeah, if your I, team depends on a talent like Neymar to succeed, then your tactics must be absolutely way too advanced for anyone else. You either dumb it down, or your tactics are just so un- nonsensical that you know Neymar's brilliance somehow fixed it. Which is exactly what I think it is. I mean, you asked me why Barcelona was the best team that, that year. It was, I mean, the coaches have good stuff, right? Clearly, it wasn't a terrible tactic as it was working, but it was because they but had the best with players. Right? Xavi was still there, Iniesta was still there, right? Exactly. They still think, had those players do, doing well. Do you think, and though, they had then, Bocho, Bocho, do you think then, though, if they had Neymar right now, if 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 PS if if Neymar had left PSG this past summer and gone back to Barcelona and Suarez had stayed, do you think they would have been doing better now? A without Xavi, better. without Iniesta? Yeah, without I mean, a doubt. Look, I'm not saying they'd be, you know, dominating the league, but they'd be a lot better than ten points off the top 
Yeah, but I can't with, think uh, it wouldn't be seven with points game, with two games at hand. Yeah, exactly. Like, this wouldn't be no. that Right, easy. like, they would not be that far away. I mean, I, what is it? Barcelona scored 41 goals this season. That's almost two goals a game. With You put in Neymar, you put in Suarez, it's at least 60, right? Like, mm-hmm. they, yeah. when they were together, they would score so many goals. And Suarez is proving he can still score goals, right? I mean, oh, he's yeah. the top scorer of the league. He's you have scoring. Neymar, who's having a good season with PSG, personally. The club's struggling a little bit, but he's personally having a good season. Right and Messi is still Messi, so you're thinking you put them together a little bit fine, but clearly they had to sell uh, Suarez this summer because of the salary, right? Nobody understood the transfer. Now it makes sense because Barcelona are kind of really in debt and they need mm-hmm. COVID to end soon so they can kind of recover. Yeah, completely. I think kind of agree with Steph. I think they they've kind of stayed in the past a little bit and haven't adapted so well. Uh, for me, that kind of goes more into kind of having Messi out of the team. I don't want to say he's oh, ruined the team. I don't want to say he's ruined the team, how some oh, people are saying, or ruining, ruining the, the club. Team. I think he's ruining the <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> I, think, I disagree. I, th- I, just think, I just think the club itself, the administration needs to know, hey, Messi just isn't what we're looking for right now. He's getting older. We need to go into this, this – um, building a new team essentially without Messi because right, no. if you see him play without Messi they play really good right I mean I think that's what it is right it's just the fact that with Messi being as good as he is right because he's undoubtedly their best player they keep trying to play to Messi's strengths but the team is no longer because beforehand the team was perfect for Messi's strengths because the strength of Messi matched really well with the strengths of Dani Alves and the strengths of Iniesta and Xavi now that's not the case right the players that they have right now they don't match Messi's strengths. The Argentina problem, essentially, mm-hmm. where you either make the game really work really well for Messi, or the team struggles, or Messi doesn't shine as much, or the team might do a little bit better. Um, so I think it's actually good for Barcelona that Messi will leave at the end of the season. Um, I think a, a very good for their finances, especially, yeah, uh, because they are in trouble there. Well, he'd leave for so, free, right? But they wouldn't they would get really a, get a salary. The damage he's done to the club, in my opinion, is what is, damage. Well, you know, here's the thing. Like, like other than finances, there's there's two things that bother me about 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 Messi and and how it's ended up being in Barcelona. The first thing is when you see Messi on the field. Yes, on the ball, he's outstanding. He'll make magic. He might score a goal. He might assist you, but off the ball, defensively, it is infuriating (laughs) to see Barcelona to defend with nine players. Right when, especially (laughs) a team in Barcelona that isn't big in size, isn't really good at defending. He's not really good at pressing because they don't have the players to press. And you have to do it with one player less. So you're like shooting yourself in the foot even before, you know, you get a chance to get the ball back. So that's number one. And then number two for me is when you have a player that's, you know, the best ever in Messi. And, you know, he, he, that those types of players don't tend to help the development of the other players you have in your squad. You know, are you know you, you have young players, you have experienced players that come in and they kind of support Messi, but they don't grow. You don't see players saying like, "Oh, you know, he's better." You know, he's been better since been playing with with Messi, and overall, you know, he's been you know improving a lot. You know, since since our success with Messi, like ever since Messi and the team dropped off since they won the Champions League, you you couldn't tell me one player from Barcelona where you say like, "Hey, this guy has really improved." And this guy's going to be, you know, he's he's going to help the team once Messi leaves. 
Like he stunted the well, development I mean, of so many players well, inside of Barcelona. I'm sure 12 year old Ansu Fati yeah. is not as good as 17 year old Ansu Fati today. So I think Ansu Fati has clearly improved. Since the yeah, but Ansu, Ansu, Ansu Fati <laughs> hasn't played with Messi for you know a big amount of years. So well, you know, a year and a half. well, he's, he's played for him for the season. Yeah, yeah but that's not what I'm. 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 You know, when a player plays with Messi for an extended amount of time. He will not get better because he cannot fully display or isn't pressured to improve and, and you know improve his potential. Right? I, I can see your argument. Antufati has been with Messi like you know what a season and a half maybe. Yeah, yeah. I I can see your arguments, but I honestly believe that Antufati would be uh, top scorer of the lead or close to being top scorer of the lead if oh, he hadn't no been way. injured. There's oh no, definitely. he was <laughs> definitely no scoring not more. He was scoring Absolutely more not. than you lost. No, no. You yeah, no, that's terrible. The beginning no, of the season. I disagree. Me uh, and no, Pocha no, disagree no. on this. All right, I see nope. you guys disagree with me. I would love to give you guys some time to argue that, but not because I want to move on on this. But we also need to talk about Real Madrid. Yeah, the best club in the world. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's understandable. Yeah, sure. Next um, to Fulham. Next to Fulham. After Fulham, Fulham, after Fulham, let's make it very clear. <laughs> uh, but you know, they're good, they also have a white kit. It's decent, it's decent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Pacho, being the Real Madrid fan, tell us your thoughts. What are Real Madrid's problems? So, Real Madrid's problems is twofold. The first was that they made a strategy about five years ago. They said, instead of buying all these players expensively, that we do, you know, how we had to buy Ronaldo for 93 million, Bale for 100 million. Let's buy really young players who are talented who might become good, irrelevant of the price. So you get some nice players like Marco Asensio, who signed for like three million from Mallorca, you know, when they're very young. And then you get some not as good deals where you sign Vinicius for 45 million. And you know, it doesn't matter how good he is, it's not gonna be a cheap uh, transfer. And they just kind of hoped on that, right? They signed Lunin as a, a backup goalkeeper, hoping that he would develop, they signed Jovic. And you're seeing that happen. All they got back in the day, they're buying all these players with the idea of we'll develop our own team. But it turns out Granada is not a good place to develop into a star, right? There is a place to be a star because when you are not a star and you're playing a lot of games, the fans hate you. They say, why are you playing? We need to have the best players in the world right now playing for us. So now they're stuck in the situation where the players who have proven themselves are all getting very old, you know, are not as good as they were five years ago. And that's gonna, and that's hurting. They lost Ronaldo, obviously. Um, they lost Bale before he got transferred out. Just they lost him. He yeah, he just point, he point, stopped yeah. being Bale. Um, he went he went to play golf. <laughs> exactly golf. right. And you're replacing them with players who are not there yet. They might they might never get there, but they definitely aren't there yet. Right? Rodrigo has talent. He might develop into a great player, but he's not a Bale replacement yet. Vinicius might eventually learn how to shoot but he's not a Ronaldo replacement yet. And then when you do find, sign a player with that plan and you send Hazard and then he gets injured every three games, like, it's not the solution. You're struggling. And so Real Madrid's yeah, problem people. now is entirely that they can't score because they're front three. But Hazard is. We left them. Yeah, I mean, and Hazard. I mean, Benzema is doing all he can, but he's, a one, he's one player and as good as he is, he's not good enough to carry the team, right? So oh, it's just a problem for me. It's a, it's a matter of transfer strategy and their plan, the bet they made with the young players not working. And then the fact that the coach keeps just trusting in the same old players who worked for him five years ago 
who just aren't as good anymore. It's not that they're bad, or that they can't do a job, but you need to have fresh blood in there too, or the team's going to stagnate, as we've seen. Steph, what do you think? I, th- I think it's 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 almost the opposite. I think it's you know Real Madrid. They have some for some reason developed some really really good players. It's just super sad to see that they're no longer playing for Real Madrid. Like, <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah. So, so like you know, it, there's there's a huge list. Like there's a huge list of players that they're, they're from the academy. You know, they grow up in the academy, and then boom, they're sold out and they flourish somewhere else. Right. Like, no doubt. Big, like an example for me, like on the defense, you could just say like, you know, you, you have Teo Hernandez, right? Arguably the best left back in Serie A right now. Going forward, he's strong. He's really good tactically, can defend, can head the ball. You know, I believe two seasons ago, Real Madrid were looking for a left back and they settled for Mendy, you know, when they still had Teo Hernandez in his squad, you know? And, and, you know, we can go, we can keep going again. You know, right now, for example, Martin Odegaard, right? You have a guy who, you know, a season ago yeah. for Real Sociedad, he was a really, really good attacking midfielder. Wasn't even giving a chance, right? You know, Zidane loves his, you know, Modric, Cruz, and Casemiro <laughs> midfield. It's impossible to get him to change that. So, and then you have, you know, you have other technical players, you know, like Raheem Diaz, right? Bought from Manchester City, you know, thought to be a very skillful, you know, player that can play in the wings, can create, can play in tight spaces, and wasn't even giving a chance in Real Madrid as well. You know, now he's in Serie A playing really, really, really good soccer. So, you know, Real Madrid, they, they, they develop some really, really good talent. And they, keep, and they keep, you know, buying young players. You know, they've done it especially with, you know, Rodrigo, like Pocho said. They also bought Reiner. You know, they, they have right. a lot of really, really good players um, who just don't seem to either get the time to develop within the squad. Like, you know, no gaming, no playing time. In, in Real Madrid, which kind yeah. of astounds me. Like when you're in week in, week out, you're playing a team like Alaves. Like, you know, why not play, you know, the youngsters, right? But I, I think it's it's just a mistake. And I think I think Zidane is 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 under a lot of pressure, which is why he's stuck with the the experienced veterans and he hasn't done the old uh, Frank Lampard move and, and gone with the youngsters. <laughs> so yeah. it so. sounds to me like Real Madrid wants to be an academy club where they build their grassroots players, but then they don't do that because they sell their grassroots players. Maybe if they want, they want money. I don't know, but then they go buy these youngsters to develop. Oh, I mean, don't even get me started I mean, on Vinicius, you know, the worst. I mean, <laughs> we've, we've heard your opinions. It's quite on simple. I mean, because don't get me wrong. I mean, a lot of these players you're talking about, they had a shine like Teo Hernandez, right? Teo Hernandez had a season with Real Madrid, right? Where he was just not good. Like every game he played, the Madrid would do worse than when Marcelo was on the field. You know, that was where Marcelo was back when he was good again. So Teo Hernandez was given a chance and he, he couldn't do it well. So then they loaned him out. I think it was to Milan that first season. Loaned him out through the way. And then that, that, that first season with Teo Hernandez, this youngster, Sergio Reguilón, comes out of the academy and he's very good. He benches Marcelo. So people are thinking, Teo Hernandez probably isn't that good. I mean, he couldn't bench Marcelo and this guy did. And yeah, but he was, you know, back. give it, give him time. You have to oh, give the young They, they can't agree. just jump in and be and be good. And sometimes, since it's their home team, like there's more pressure added on to them. So yeah, you loan them out, but you expect them to come back. You don't loan them especially, out. Especially, especially in a them. team. Yeah, especially in a team with Real Madrid, that's just a lot of pressure. Like sure. their fans will turn on you so fast. 
No, I mean, the problem is this, that Real Madrid is not a good place to develop as a star because of the pressure, right? Because, I mean, any other team, you can, like, you can argue, you know, you can have a position where you have a player developing and it's good. But in Real Madrid, if you don't want to develop, you have to develop as a sub. And then when you become the starter, that's when you have to be the best player in that yeah, position which in is the world. You loan out with the intention of getting the player back, not with the no, intention I mean, of selling the player. Absolutely. But I think about Real Madrid, right? They, they loan out Teo Hernandez for two years, right? They have Reguilón who came out of the academy. They have Marcelo. They have, um, and, they, and they signed Mendy because Seattle loves him. And to be honest, Mendy's been the best signing of the past two years. So it wasn't a bad time to sign Mendy there. So you have all those players. I mean, obviously the correct move is to get rid of Marcelo, but Seattle likes Marcelo because, you know, friends or whatever. So then you can't keep four left backs in the squad. You could loan them out again and again and again, hoping for Marcelo to retire. But then in comes, for example, with uh, Reguilón, Spurs who say, hey, we'll give you a lot of money to buy your left back. And they do, because that's what I'm normally loads them that's, out. That's, I agree. I agree with that. Like, if, if a team comes in and they give you, they want to give you a lot of money for an unproven youngster, like, yeah, it's good business practice. I'm not going to argue against that. I'm going to argue against the fact that they loan players. For example, you know, in the case of Teo Hernandez and in the case of, for example, of Hakimi, you know, they loan players with the intention of selling them. Right, they put uh, well, they no. Put in, I mean, they put Hakimi they put a wasn't fee in the there. Of selling them. They put a fee in there, and then you know what do you expect? You know, the team is you know obviously Real Madrid is a good pedigree club. They're they're not going to form you know crap players, you know, at this point. So <laughs> yeah. so like you know why why add in that fee? Why add in that obligation to buy or that you know that that option to buy from the loan? Well, I mean, you know, I mean Hakimi. I mean Hakimi did not have an option to buy, right? Otherwise, Dortmund would have him right now. He was loaned with the intention of coming back. But the, the other problem, though, for players who go out on loan and become so good, right, when they come back, it's, it's why Odegaard decided to leave now. When they come back and the competition, there's players who are already established, right? Hakimi came back and the coach said, Carvajal is still in number one. He said, I don't want to be a sub to Carvajal again. I was a sub when I was 18 to him. I don't want to do that again. And Dramadi, honestly, like I said, they, they could force him to stay, but they're thinking, we're good enough, we can sell him. Inter came in with like 45 million. We can sell him, right? And to be honest, financially speaking, Ramadi have been incredible at that, at that right? At turning profits on their players uh, that, that they're not going to use. The problem, of course, that they are not being smart about which players to keep, right? Like they should have kept either Teo Hernandez or Sergio Reguilón and gotten rid of Marcelo. No doubt about it. Hakimi should stay and honestly probably be the starter on the right side, especially with kind of how getting injured so often. But I agree with all those things, but it's not like there have been decisions that have been like not thought out they're thinking about them they're getting good offers the problem really is the coach and the fact that Tidane because he won the Champions League has a kind of carte blanche of what he can do right he can say nope I don't want to get rid of Marcelo everybody did knows did you say two or three three Champions Leagues oh okay I thought you said three, two no no three, three back-to-back Champions Leagues for Tidane yeah yeah, right? yeah. okay and, and back-to-back all right only only team to have won back-to-back in the Champions League era and they did it, you know, twice. So that's pretty impressive. Um, All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, did I mention I'm a Real Madrid fan yet? Because I am. Uh, <laughs> but the team right now is a mess, right? I mean, and I'm not, it's because of how the squad has been thought out. There's a reality that there's not enough players. The players don't seem to be – like, Zidane clearly was a great coach for the squad he had at the time because his strategy is mainly based on empowering the players to play as well as they can not in any tactical system, really. 
And you're seeing that now when the players are not as good, when they're not at the level of Ronaldo and Bale back then, the team struggles. They don't score. They might be better defensively, but they don't score. And if you don't score, you're not going to win. Yeah, definitely, definitely tough solutions or tough uh, problems that both teams are facing. <laughs> I think, you know, it sounds like they're both kind of stuck in the past. Definitely. Yeah, but yeah. it seems like Real Madrid is doing a worse job because they. it seems like they had an easier path to move it, yeah. forward. And they were like, no, forget it. You know, we're just going to keep the same starting 11 for like seven years. Yep. They messed up with the transition, right? And that's true. Let's think about it. Barcelona, at the very least, you could argue the season, the transition season. They got rid of a lot of the stars. You know, it's a new season. They're trying to, you know, brought in some new players. You could argue for them. It's a transition season. And they've been growing over the season, right? They they won their last five games, for example. Real Madrid, though, you're thinking, how does this season help anyone? Right? Most of the players that are starting right now should not be starting next season. And they're not doing well, so why do you keep playing them? So I agree. I think Barcelona probably better off right now since Almarie really messed up the past couple of years. Yeah, not to mention that climb that we've had since, I don't remember when, when we were like 12th or 14th in the league. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that, that was early. You had games in hand. But that was a fake, yeah, 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 that's true. Fake that's true. Position. But all right, so we, we discussed the problems. What do Barcelona and what do Real Madrid have to do to, to be able to move forward? For me, Barcelona, they have, to, they have to do two things, and one of them is being done for them. So first one is, if, is you know, say, say goodbye to Messi. You know, great player mm-hmm. for the club, historic player, but I think it's time yeah. for them to move on. And then second, I think they need to hire a really, really top-quality coach. Nothing against Coleman, but, like, you know, he – He's not. He's not. Yeah. He's not a top, top quality coach. <laughs> top quality so like, coach. Like who? Who? Who are we? There, there's at? only like there's only like a handful when you when you speak of them, you know, right? Of course, of course, you got Pep. You got Jurgen Klopp. You know, you got you got arguably you got you know the next tier, which is like Allegri, Pochettino. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's only a few of them out there, and I think Barcelona need one of them back. Need a really, really, really good coach. You know, one that can. You know, deal with the egos, deal with the management, get the respect of the fans, and and implement his philosophy. So I think, in terms of Barcelona, that's what I would say. For Real Madrid, I think is they they just need to get their act together. I think I think Sidan <laughs> needs to either, you know, work on you know remodeling his roster a little bit, you know, allowing players to develop, allow younger players to come in, because I think he's going to be in big trouble when he's midfield three. Uh, decide to retire or mm-hmm. you know drop off even more in 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 terms of play. Um, so I th- I think they need to work on remodeling the club, and you know I think they also need to work on actually getting a true true star back in the team. You know and forget and th- this isn't about like Hazard because you know Hazard is absolutely <laughs> he hasn't played. He's he hasn't terrible. Played. Yeah, he's he's, <laughs> he's absolutely terrible. But like they need a top top player in there, you know, like like a guy that can, you know, like like a Kevin De Bruyne, you know, a guy that's a household name that will bring in the fans, but also has that, you know, galactico spirit, you know, that where he's like the best, a really good flashy player who will deliver results. Of course, not Vinicius. So I'll just end it there. (laughs) Not Vinicius. (laughs) All right. All right. So I'm gonna start with Real Madrid, and I agree. With the last one, they need a star, but they really need a star up front, right? De Bruyne would be a good option. Great player. I'm sure he'd do really well. But really what they need is uh, somebody who can 
win the game for them, kind of how Ronaldo would do. Where Real Madrid would have bad games too, and Ronaldo would just take the ball, score, and win them the game because he's a goal scorer, right? So I think what they need to do is they need to spend whatever amount of money they need to spend to get Mbappe because I think he's the only player out there that I see as a world beater or at least potential world beater who I'm thinking he comes into the side, he changes the team. Um, he would be amazing for the club. But more than that, they need to change. They I'm going to be really CIA. sad if Mbappe goes to Real Madrid. Not because I'm a Barca fan, but just, I I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, it feels weird seeing Mbappe in, in Real Madrid for some reason. Uh, well, uh, I mean, might happen, might not. PSG want to yeah. keep, him, keep him, which makes sense. He, I mean, I'm thinking Mbappe's going to be the best player in a couple of years. If not Mbappe, they could get Haaland. Right. There's, there's a couple of options. Mbappe is probably number one. Hmm. Bruno Fernandes would be a good option too. Right. But for me, the big thing with Amadeus, though, honestly, is they need to get rid of Zidane. And ideally, they need Zidane to resign so that it's not, you know, a problem. Because they brought him back to fix the problem that, you know, the team was terrible after Zidane left. And it turns out the team was terrible after Zidane left, not because Zidane left, but because the squad is no longer as good and they haven't replaced the players as well. And the squad... And like the players they have who could do well, Vinicius, Rodrigo, aren't working well for Zidane himself, right? The tactics that he has don't work and he does not change any of them. Um, so I think they need a coach. I, I agree they could use either a top quality coach, right? Uh, Allegri is probably a, a top option. They could get Nagelsmann in. And, um, Lampard, just kidding. <laughs> uh, but, or they, could, or they could even promote Raul from Castilla. And have his kind of brand of football kind of. That's the Dan 2.0. I mean, that's Dan 2.0, but he's not anything like Zidane, right? I mean, it's the same strategy. You can just bring someone up from the bottom, sure, but they're, they're very different coaches, right? Raul is clearly from what he's done with Castilla. I mean, Zidane had a terrible record with Castilla. Castilla almost got relegated with Zidane as a coach. Um, he got promoted because he was Zidane. Raul, meanwhile, has Castilla playing incredibly well, doing tactically, tactically well. He could be the next option. I don't know if it's the whether they're going to go with. Um, I don't know if it's the best option, but they need a new coach next year. Um, somebody who can get them to win more games more often and who can actually breed in youngsters um, because Zidane has not done that at all. Oh, and then Barcelona, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the other team. Yeah, The other team, right. right. I mean, I, I think Messi leaves the financial thing really kind of calm down because they can pay a player you know, a third of what he makes and it's still a ridiculous salary. So mm. it, that helps him a lot financially. And then they need to start trusting in their academy again, right? I mean, the reason Barcelona were so good in 2011 was because they gave the youth a chance. And you think about certain players who I think if they came out now, they wouldn't be given a chance. Busquets did not seem like a world beater until he started playing. Until Guardiola just gave him the chance. But then he started to play really well. Pedro, who was originally, you know, just kind of kind of coming off the bench, not given a chance. I mean, even players who then left Barcelona and weren't weren't good when they were there proved their worth. Kind of like Tejo, who, you know, while he was at Barcelona, he showed like, hey, I can be a useful player for the club. And they need to keep tr that trust because other than Ricky Puig, who honestly, you know, hasn't really made much of a difference yet, and Ansu Fati, there's been no youngsters coming out. All the youngsters maybe come out, play a couple games, get sold to some team here or there. Mm. And I think that's hurt Barcelona a lot. Yeah, yeah, I can see definitely where you guys are going with that. I definitely agree um, with those solutions. There really isn't much for me to add to this. Uh, oh, at one this last point. thing. 
Yeah. Uh, Barcelona need to stop selling their players for free when they're really good, you know? Um, so <laughs> is, don't, don't do that. So does Real Madrid. Don't sell they it to the you know, they did that with yeah, Hamas. Yeah, yeah, okay, know? sure. But, but you know, Hamas was not playing. I'm already told Hamas because they were saying, we don't want him, play him. We don't play him. Suarez was the starter and who scored the last goal of the season for uh, for yeah, Barcelona that, last I, year, I right? I mean, that. that, right, I'm wrong. Like, Hamas, great player, should not have been so sure and played, but you can understand selling a player you don't use. Suarez was being used. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, that's, wow, that's been a first. <laughs> yeah, first time you guys both agree without without me having the the opposite. You know. Um, but I think I think that concludes our our episode today, talking about Barcelona and Real Madrid and what they've been struggling with, which is a lot. It is a lot, yeah. and hopefully soon they'll be back to the level where they were. Honestly, I'll be super happy happy if Atletico Madrid wins this this league. I think they deserve it. Me too. <laughs> yeah, me it's too. nice to see them win, you know? Yeah. And they've yeah. actually been really good, though. Yeah. They deserve it. Exactly. But, all right. Well, thank, thanks, everyone, for joining us tonight. Uh, hopefully, we'll start making these more regular. We've all been very busy lately and haven't been able to plan these out much. But we'll get back to them as, as fast as possible. Thank you guys for listening and have a great night, guys. Bye. Bye, everybody.